Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! phone one of pod- we thought we were gonna mm-hmm. do uh this podcast together but it got a little late yeah it got a little late you you said all right like five times so i kept thinking we were starting but that's all right well we're starting i didn't say we're on i didn't say anything important um all right so uh it's a sunday night we just watched some basketball we watched some movies we got uh, we got some things so, uh, you have any how's notes? Your, yeah, how's your bracket? My bracket's looking pretty good right now. All right. Well, that I, means you I, know things I, I just looked, uh, I just looked. I'm in third, but, uh, it's, it's looking pretty good. Um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my position right now. Okay. Um, uh, I'm, what I'm not happy about is that. I put $25 into the, uh, what are you doing? I'm just sitting. I don't know. It sounds like you're chomping on something. Wait a second. You're going to complain to me about noise while your thing was just beeping. All right. Well, in my ear. it sounds like you're chomping on something. So I'm not chomping. I'm obviously not chomping on something. Uh, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, so yeah, I put $25 into the suicide pool and, uh, my first pick for the suicide pool went out the first game of the whole tournament. Yeah, but that happens to a lot of people. That wasn't fun. That was, that was kind of a waste of twenty five bucks. <laughs> yeah. How's your um, How's your bracket? Not good. I'm in like last place in everything. Like I'm like I I'm in like four different pools. And I'm in like last place in all of them. And there's like no catching up because everybody has a. Uh, like all the favorites, and you know what else? Like I was in, I'm in one that has like 35 or 40 people, and nobody picked anything other than a number one seed to win the entire tournament. Huh. Yeah. So, if you're, you know, basically what you had to do to win this one, what it seems, is you had to basically go chalk and pick the one, the one area that didn't go chalk. Okay. I did not do that. You had Louisville, which uh, was a big hit the first day. It's a big hit, yeah. Um, um, but the game today between Duke and uh, UCF was really good. So a lot of the games have been blowouts, but uh, that game was uh, actually pretty good. Yeah, this tournament needed that game, and it was like it couldn't come at a better time. Sunday night or Sunday prime time, like this. This tournament was kind of. Like a, a a sleepy one until then. Um, and the Tennessee game was good too, except for uh, 
Like Tennessee was up by 25 points, and uh, um, I already forgot who they were playing. Um, but they came back and tied it up, and they went into overtime. Right. And then Tennessee uh, just dominated overtime. But Well, but the thing is, is like, you know, you have this Zion versus Taco, um, which, by the way, the one thing I did want to bring up is the amount of puns that they used in the first five minutes on this Taco's name. <laughs> I just, I, I almost turned it off. Like, when did Grant Hill become the whitest person in America? He should be a villain in a Jordan Peele new movie. Yeah. He, like, they're all like, they're all saying, um, every time he went to the hoop, they're like, oh, <laughs> looks like the taco stand is out of business, you know, or something like, it was like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm wondering so, anyway, if then. this guy Taco is good enough to play in the NBA, though. I don't know. Uh, he's big. Yeah. I just don't think he's, uh, I mean, I guess that he's going to get a shot, but um, he's got to get some skills. He can't hit free throws. He's not very good at anything but dunking. But he, he gets rebounds and blocks, I guess. He's like well, Sean Brad. Well, Sean Bradley was a better shooter than him, actually. Yeah, we talked a lot about this earlier uh, before we were on the air, which is awesome for everybody. No, we were talking about how um, the thing that they did was they, you know, Duke is Duke's got a lot of problems. They're not a really good team. They're a good bunch of players, but not necessarily a good team. And they exposed them for not being able to hit threes by playing their zone force them to take outside shots so I don't know that's the thing that's why this was such a good so this was this was a good one because you had all your marquee big guys names and it, it all happened the way that it happened that was really good that's what this tournament's about yeah um alright so uh we got next week sweet 16 and yeah. uh we'll Hopefully, get uh, I'll get one one uh, round closer to winning some money, which probably won't yeah. happen. Hey, uh, so you, are you are you excited about the Mueller investigation being over? Yeah, I'm super excited. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, uh, I am. I thought it was great that uh, Trump immediately went and gave a speech or wherever the hell he was at. He was like. Gee, this is so stupid. It should never have happened. Um, and he probably hasn't even read the thing. He's probably just got no, he the has same... No, he, he has. He Only the attorney general has. I know. He's like, he probably got the same information we all got. And he's just out there going, See? I'm a pretty good guy. <laughs> I'm a good guy, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, yeah. Um, we, we're... One of the things when we when we talked on Wednesday that I forgot to say that I was bummed was um, was I was wanting to wish you a happy um, um, once upon a time in Hollywood trailer release day on Wednesday. Oh yeah, um, I can't wait to see the longer one, but it's going to be pretty good. That movie looks like the, I mean that just looks like my favorite movie of all time already. Like that trailer. <laughs> Makes that movie like my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. 
it's it's always good to go into a movie thinking it's going to be the best movie of all time because then it can't let you down whatsoever. Just when an eight, our, eight year old tells uh, the eight year old tells uh, Leo that he's like had a great acting scene and he starts crying. Yeah, like, that's the best. I don't think like I think we talked about this in terms of like Leo never doing a comedy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Well, he did. It, I mean, it's 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 on tone with um, Django for him. Yeah, but he was also like an evil person in that. So we'll see. We'll see. This so far in the trailer, it looks like Brad Pitt's movie yeah. more than anybody's. Yeah, he's he seems to be the focal point, at least of the trailer so far. Um, but also released. We were talking about this. We were, were going to go into this little um, the Stranger Things. Yeah, trailer. Stranger Things trailer is really good. I can't wait to. Yeah, uh, I have no idea what's going on there. Don't know what's going on. They they put some good music in the trailer, uh, which which is probably like one of the reasons you get a laugh for it. Um, it has uh, a cool setting. I like the uh, the the fair. I like the whole uh, um, fair setting, which is probably going to be like a big monster fight at the fair which right. should be cool um, and it looks like there's a couple new characters I don't know it's going to be good yeah um, that uh, the Toy Story trailer Toy Story is going to be awesome so they that's a very emotional you know like they always do um, but I heard some people arguing whether or not Bo Peep was the bad guy in the movie. <laughs> well, yeah, she kind of. People yeah, people are arguing about that. <laughs> well, she's gonna like do this whole thing where she doesn't want to be uh, someone's possession. So that's another, uh, I guess, thing that takes place place at a fair. <laughs> another show that takes place at a fair. Yeah, um, as so. as did the. As did the uh, first and third act of our of our movie we're reviewing tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, last trailer I wanted to bring up was that Natalie Portman one where she's in space. We saw that on the big screen today. We saw, yeah. Um, still don't know what the hell that movie's about, and doesn't doesn't look <laughs> doesn't look interesting. <laughs> I don't know why people give her accents. Um, but anyway. Speaking of, accent, uh, yeah. speaking of accents, I was watching uh, Avengers, the new one, recently, and uh, I just happened to, like, after I watched it, I, like, was flipping through the channels, and the other Avengers movie was on uh, The Age of Ultron, and Elizabeth Olsen in The Age of Ultron was, like, is a Russian? Oh, Really? Yeah, because she's, like, from, like, whatever town that gets starts getting destroyed. Remember that whole Russian town, like, in Age of Ultron? Like, they, like, ripped it from the ground, and they were going to drop it and all this stuff. Well, she's, like, Russian in it. Or some sort of Eastern European uh, descent. And then in, um, in this movie, in the new one, she doesn't even have an accent. She sounds like... Uh, herself I thought that was weird and I like googled it and I'm like why doesn't she have an accent 
And there's, like, this whole thing about how, like, she's been training with um, the um, Scarlett Johansson. So Scarlett Johansson teaches her how to hide her accent or something. I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> I'm like, um, no, one, no one had a problem with that, that she just lost her accent. Um, well, can I, I'll segue into our first our first uh, title with that one. Speaking of fake voices, right? Uh, no? You're talking about... Uh, the inventor. I don't know if that's fake. I, I was reading that uh, I read because obviously once you see this this documentary, you wind up deep diving her. But I'd read that a lot of people that worked with her said that 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 when she would drink, her real voice would happen, and it was nothing like that, and that she just had that voice so she could like keep up with the, with the guys. Of, uh, uh, she's a very interesting person. So yeah. you've been following you've been following this woman for since before this, right? You've, you've had an interest in this for a while. Yeah. I just think, like, she is just, um, she's kind of got that, uh, well, they kind of went through it on the documentary, but she's kind of like Elon Musk, where he, like, he says something, but then Elon Musk actually, like, creates it. And, uh, like, obviously, I didn't know the extent of how much of a mess she is, but I like the whole documentary saying, like, you got to fake it till you make it, and how they, like, kind of went back and showed, like, Edison, how he, like, basically couldn't get the, the light bulb to work until, like, the last second that he needed to happen to make it All right, happen. so let's go, yeah, because I did a terrible job introducing it. The, the movie we were talking about is called The Inventor. The documentary that premiered on HBO on Monday uh, about what's her name? Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes. I was going to say Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Holmes, and um, she's the uh, inventor of well, of something called uh, what was it? The Edison. Yeah, right. The Edison. What was the name of the company? Uh, Theranos or something like that? Theranos? Yeah, Theranos. Yeah. And what it was supposed to do was take, you'd stick your finger in and poke, take your blood, and then it could test for any kind of disease that you wanted to let you know if you, you know, if you had it or you're in danger of it and all that. Yeah, like you didn't have to go and, you know, go to the doctor and take like these lo- like massive amounts of vials uh, for different things. Like you just prick your finger and then this computer would take, like, little bits of your blood and be able to tell, you know, what it's for. And then you can actually, like, choose, um, like, what you actually want the machine to look for, and it was cheaper than doing a full workup, basically. So you basically do, like, it's like an a la carte thing where you just pay for what you are actually, like, checking out. So if I want to check out my cholesterol and nothing else... You know, with the big uh, labs, they just take the blood and they do everything. And then they charge you a shit ton of money for, like, lab work. And uh, she came up with the idea, like, hey, let's make this, like, microwave size. I mean, it's less. I guess it's smaller than a microwave uh, thing that someone could do at home. 
uh, eventually do it at home. Uh, but it would be a lot cheaper than, you know, having the doctor, like, do it themselves. So, um, but it didn't work. Yeah, it turns out it's all bullshit. You can't do that. Yeah. And everybody right. told her that you couldn't do that, and she was trying anyway. Yeah, and, like, everyone was like, hey, can we make the box bigger? And she was like, no. It has to be this size, and that's it. And it's like, well, the amount of things you wanted to do, it's, like, impossible to put everything... All the, uh, um, you know, the chips and all the, uh, I don't even know, the jargon in there, <laughs> whatever you call it, the, uh, the main, like all the stuff it needed to do, like wouldn't fit, uh, in that box. So, but she wanted to make it a specific size and said it could happen and, uh, told everybody and got all these like famous, uh, political figures behind her saying that it could, you know, revolutionize everything and everyone, she basically was a good pitch person. She got a lot of people yeah. behind her. Um, but uh, it turns out it was all bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And so, what's great about this documentary, first of all, did you, did, did you find it like, did you love the documentary or were you, like, what were your thoughts on yeah, it? Yeah, I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, um, yeah, I, they had all this behind-the-scenes footage that was awesome. Yeah, like when she like got did all the photos, the photo uh, sessions, and all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah, they had like these behind-the-scenes footage of her giving interviews because uh, who directed this? Alex Gibney. Yeah, and I guess he's probably friends with. Uh, Earl Morris, who was, right, is it Earl Morris? Yeah. Was shooting, yeah. He was shooting, like, a promo for them, so they had all these sound bites from that with her, and uh, so she, they kind of let her, like, kind of hang herself throughout the whole thing. It's very interesting. I had to rewind it a few times, because when they had that, uh, they brought up the point that she doesn't blink. Yes. Like, every scene, I was just, like, staring at her, trying to see if she was going to blink, and then I missed, like, kind of, like, what they were talking about, so I had to, like, back back it up a couple times. But I also can't believe that she was, like, dating that guy. <laughs> I know. Boy, that guy. I mean, but apparently they've been together a long time before this all started happening, so I wonder how much he's involved in the whole thing. Well, he got busted, so. Yeah. I just, um, I guess if you work so much, you you like go for the person that's fucking available. I don't know. They don't seem like a match to me. All right. Uh, but um, he's a good, he's a good director, uh, documentary filmmaker, obviously. But yeah, he makes some good shit. Um, but yeah, it's throughout. It's definitely like it keeps you captivated the entire time. Um. You know, you could, the thing that when I'm watching it, I'm like, this is really good filmmaking because he's not giving away. He, he's, you know the story, but he's not, he's doing his best to hold off as long as he can before tell, giving it away to you. Yeah. And, um, the interviews, I thought the best interviews were with the woman who worked at the drugstore in Arizona that, with the Walgreens, that was like she, giving out, the, that they like used as a, Test source to, yeah, to use this machine. Trainer. 
She was like yeah. training uh, the people to do it. Um, I love that lady because she never was like, man, they really screwed me. She's just like, well, looks like I got to get a new job. Yeah, um, she's like, I took that off my resume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I did like, yeah. I also like the, the, the Asian girl ended up being the whistleblower. Um, that was interesting that she was like, she tried to bring it up a few times and she was like, something's not right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she was, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, she got vindicated in the end. That was good. You're right. Um, yeah, you know what else is sweet was the guy, although here, there's a, there's a really interesting thing about this. So when I was watching it, first I was watching with it seemed like a 2020, um, and and she was like, oh, the 2020 was better. I'm like, there's no way the 2020 was better. <laughs> like, it's because it tells you 20 minutes worth of, like, facts so you can get this whole documentary in 20 minutes. She's like, no, 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 no. They did the whole thing on it. I was like, all right, well, whatever. But um, she was very focused on the son, the grandson of right. the guy who was. And she said in this one, what they showed that they didn't show in the other one was that um you know that he actually did believe in his grandson and all that stuff and they put a nice little bow on that but i imagine that guy is probably was pretty could have cared less if it was working or not he was just making money oh yeah like you know you know like the, the, the grandson was like you know i was just so glad i could prove my grandfather that i was doing the right thing and he's probably like look kid just keep your mouth shut we're all making tons of money <laughs> you know yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, really good. I'm glad that you'd keeping your eye out for that. Um, yeah, um, HBO's been putting out some good documentaries. We'll, we'll, yeah. ta- we'll talk about the, uh, serial one when it's done, but. Oh uh, yeah, you, are you, you're keeping up with that? Yeah, the new one was tonight, so, uh, yeah. but, all right, so we have a couple movies that, uh, we want to talk about today. The second one is something that you texted me on Friday night and said, how bad is this one going to be? And I said, I'm an hour in. <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm already watching it. Uh, uh, which was the truth, which is The Dirt on Netflix, the Motley Crue biography. Yeah. Um, this movie. What are your thoughts of this movie? So, well, first of all, I'd like to preface by saying I read The Dirt, the book. Um, and it is, they kept with the format of it. Um, but obviously, you know, it's a little, a little more interesting. The actual events are a little more interesting than these. Um, I couldn't stop thinking about Bohemian Rhapsody the entire time I was watching it. <laughs> Cause I was like, so this is going to be equally as bad. And of course it's worse. Um, but that's just because I think the only thing that really makes it worse. Uh, hold on. There's a well, first of all, the acting worse. is really bad. Yeah, we'll start. But with I, that. I'm trying to like. I, this is the my whole thing was that, like, it was really bad. But I don't know. I was like really. I was kind of entertained the whole time, and uh, <laughs> like I didn't like find it boring. But I found it like really funny when it wasn't supposed to be funny. Um, yes. Like there's a scene. Uh, where Nikki Six changes his name, and it's like this yes. whole over the top scene where he burns his license, 
at the DMV. Yes. He only walks three steps away from the counter and just burns it. <laughs> so cheesy. But uh, it's just like so over the top, like stuff like that, that made it just. Uh, and what did you think of MGK as uh, Tommy Lee? Well, so that's the thing I was thinking about, right? So Tommy Lee was a producer on this. The same way that Brian May was a producer on Bohemian Rhapsody. And in both movies, those guys play the parts of, hey, I'm just a nice guy, innocent bystander band leader, you know? Um, which is a really, um, I don't know, it's a really uh, popular role to be, to put yourself in. Like, you know, I'm not the one who caused any problems. I was just here, you know? Trying to keep everything together. Yeah, um, I did. So like, yeah, I did like that whole uh, part where he was like, "This is what life is like on the road," and they went through that whole like. That was that was actually very good. It was really good. That was like the yeah. That was like probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. That's uh, yeah. No, I'd say that's probably the best part of the for sure. That's probably the best part of the movie. Um, no, it wasn't a best part of the movie. Is when. They uh, are sitting around talking about how many people they've slept with. Just to get that, like, narrative, like, that they hooked up with a lot of women. They were just like, yeah, they were like, how many girls do you sleep with? And he's like, oh, today or uh, this tour? And he's like, no, today. Um, That's a huge problem. The scene in the bus where Tommy Lee punches the girl, that's a huge problem. Um, yeah. The scene, the scene when they confront um, Vince Neil to bring him back in the band, and the guy playing Vince Neil is trying really hard to cry. That's that, one of my favorite. That was acting. brutal. Yeah, that was ter- that was brutal. But let's just say that guy was fighting against acting, and acting won. Yeah. Another great scene is when they're all sober and they're making the record. Uh, yeah. I've never felt anything before. Now I'm feeling it, you know, because they were all just fucked up the whole time. Yeah. Um, and then the whole uh, Heather Thomas, Heather Locklear joke. Uh, What's the Remember that when, uh, when uh, MGK goes up to Heather Locklear and calls her Heather. He's like, I love Fall Guy. And she's like, no. Oh. She's like, no, that's Heather Thomas. They got that all the time. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, one of the big problems that this movie also had was really bad use of their music. Like, here's here's how you succeed in, in a rock biopic, as, we, as noted by others, is just use their popular songs at the times when you really want to jam home a point or emotion. Uh, and they they didn't really do that. I like that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, like, how do you not use "Home Sweet Home" before the end of that theater of pain, or the end? Yeah, yeah. Like, like tour. Like, you have to throw that in there. I understand that they read and used it at the end, but use it twice. You don't have that many songs. Yeah. There are a couple other, uh, I love when, uh, when Tommy Lee was like, Heather Locklear, she's probably the one that got away. You know, like they added that whole thing. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, my favorite part of the whole movie is when uh, MGK goes into the trailer and then Tommy Lee comes out and that's like that whole section at the end of the movie where he's like riding on his motorcycle talking shit. <laughs> you could see you could see like how much of like a mess he was and like you're like MGK's kind of like playing him to be like kind of like an airhead and then you're like well why is he playing it this way and then when you see him at the end you're like oh he is that guy no I agree I think the the best part of the whole movie and I said it was like during the credits uh, yeah. yeah showing the actual footage is way more interesting than watching these guys do it um, in in on set you know yeah. I mean they they shot in a lot of these places um, no but, they no they didn't they, dude, shot, that, they, they shot the whole movie in in uh, New Orleans they didn't, that wasn't the, nope. the rainbow? Because it looked just like the rainbow. Nope. Oh. Shot the whole, okay. whole movie in New Orleans. Huh. Uh, I'm sure they got some, you know, uh, establishing shots, but... Right. Not, uh... Yeah, no, everything was shot in New Orleans. I actually have, like, a couple friends that worked on that. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I thought they made the rainbow look like the rainbow. Um... And then, uh... What about their first gig when they all got in a fight and then they came back and played and everybody was totally fine? And everybody was like, Motley Crue! <laughs> <laughs> like, I think in the book there's a version of that. Like, something like that happened. But, I mean... Yeah, this movie. Yeah, it wasn't very direct. It wasn't directed very well. Yeah, uh, I, and, then, and let's talk about the, the lip-syncing. Like, is uh, it really that hard to lip-sync? The very... The first scene where they... Like, see Vince Neil up on stage um, was so badly lip synced. Um, I was just like, oh my god, this is embarrassing. Um, not as embarrassing as what we texted is uh, yeah. the kid who played the kid actor who played Vince Neil's daughter that was dying. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I know she's like eight, but that was that was a horrible scene. That was like just horrible. They could have found someone better to uh, that that has a better actor. Um, yeah, that was brutal. You couldn't even understand oh, yeah. what she was saying. Um, yeah, it was that was a brutal uh, that was brutal. Um, but yeah, I mean, after that, after all that, I don't know. I was entertained by the movie. That's so funny. You know, because I was talking to a friend, I was talking to my friend uh, in New Jersey. By the way, we were talking about gambling during the tournament, and I was telling you this, he showed me, he sent me a copy of his his betting ticket, and it was legal New Jersey betting, and it it made me very excited for what that's like. Um, But he was, yeah, he was like, hey, did you see the dirt? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, that was really good, that was really good. And I was like, I, I guess I understand that people are going to find this entertaining. I, I guess. I don't know. I don't think it's good, and I can't recommend it to anyone. But no. I didn't turn it off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so. All right. Well, I guess the, so one for two on our cable shows, right? Yeah. Would recommend Inventor stay away from... The dirt. Well, don't stay away, but don't expect anything from the dirt. 
And now let's move on to the big movie of the weekend. Which we just got out of. Us. Jordan Peele. Follow up uh, so, second movie uh, out of Get Out. Uh, so, safe to say, I, one of the reasons I, I thought we should do this last is because it's really hard to talk about this movie without giving some stuff away. Yeah. Would you, would you agree? So, I mean, we'll, we'll, try, we'll, we'll try to be as spoiler free as possible. No, I, I think it's going to be impossible. So, let's just say, like, if you, don't have, if you haven't seen it or you don't care to see it, keep listening but uh, um, or if you've seen it or, or don't care then keep listening if not what's uh, I, I'd suggest coming back to this this awesome review you're going to miss out on yes there you go <laughs> uh, alright so let's talk about it um, us so this is the type of movie one thing I liked about this movie was that even though I figured out what the ending was going to be uh, pretty early on, um, after you go through like the whole movie, um, you sort of your the your, I guess your viewpoint on everything completely like shifts, um, and I feel like watching this a second time. I think a second viewing of this is will probably be better than the first viewing. I agree with you there. I do. I agree with you there. Um, and um, I don't know. I thought the setup was really... I really loved the setup. It was shot really well. Um, so I wanted to talk about that first. That was the thing I noticed. I, I just... The camera told such a story in this. Uh, every angle was like just so well crafted. I like, I don't usually, if I'm getting into a movie, I don't usually stop and be like, I don't know. I mean, it, it's sometimes I do if it's like a lot of establishing shots, but this, this, the way the camera moved just kept the story moving. And so I just looked up the guy on IMDb just to be like, who is the guy that shot this? And he's the guy that shot It Follows. Oh, okay. Which makes complete sense now, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, he, yeah, I just thought he was awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, backgrounds, elements that you need to keep an eye on, which are kind of, like, out of focus or, you know, stuff that uh, you're supposed to see but not see. I don't know. He did a really good job of that. Um, which is the same thing he did with It Follows, which was kind of the the premise behind that. Right. But um, I don't know. Like, you really have to, like, think when this movie is over. Because once you, like, understand what the story is, you totally understand the motivation behind the bad, the bad one. And you can see... How, you know, what she wants. And you you were trying to figure out at the end of the movie if you should have been rooting for that person. Um, Okay. Because it totally changes your perception of... Of the entire story. That's how I felt. 
Okay. I mean, um, yeah. Because I mean, I, you, you just said something that sparked my interest, but I don't, like, I, again, I'm, I'm a little worried about what we can get into. Um, I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you that it does. It's, when, you, when you know how it ends, it does change the way, like, you want to go back and see it again. But um, I don't know that her motivation was as clear as you're saying. Um, anyway, uh, let's go, let's... I mean, do we want to just, like, say it out, or we want to talk? Yes, yeah, okay, so yes, turn it off if you're not going, if you haven't seen it. Um... So, when you find out that the, the bad one was really the person who was in the up, in the world upstairs and was living a normal life... Which makes sense is why she's the only one of those people that can talk the whole movie. And she's like, when she says she's different, you realize why she's different. Because um, she's the only one that's not from downstairs. Uh, right. So, this person gets, like, uprooted. Her life is uprooted. She lives in, like, the nice place. And now you can see why she, you know, she wants revenge. She wants her life back. She wants to, like, take this person who basically uprooted her entire life and put her in the shithole and get revenge on her. And you're like, hmm, I mean, I would want to do that, too. Right. Um, If I was trapped by this person. Um, But then you also look at the other side of this, and... The whole setup where she's afraid to go to the beach, um, it has a whole new meaning after you find out what happens at the end because she knows what's there. Right, and she's afraid of being found out. She's a, No, she's afraid of like... But, but of it reversing. Yeah, her going back. Right, right. Um, which... You know, it's it's just a mind fuck. It's I don't know. I I mean, when you think of it in that terms, I mean, as I as you said, watching it a second time is going to be such a different experience. So one of the things that's um, that I all right. So like I, I guess when I was listening to this podcast, they're pointing out all of the things to, um, you know, all the all, every single prop and everything is used as like. A symbol of what's going on like from the very beginning with the hands across America but like the movies next to the TV all explain basically everything there's like the man with two brains there's Chud um and it's like all stuff that's placed there oh, on yeah. purpose yeah I didn't uh I remember the man with two brains yeah Chud I definitely uh well I mean once the beginning of the movie like has that like that note that there's like people under the stairs basically people down in the in the tunnels um when you see chud like that was basically the whole story is like right this, these guys like coming back up so the thing that's funny is um when I actually so in, in the first act this is definitely a three act movie the first act I was like um well, why, why was Goonies there 
That's my question. Well, I didn't see Goonies. Goonies was in there? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe because it was like a beach town or something? Like a, I don't know. It took place on... Uh, um, I don't know, but um, when the first act of the movie, I'm sitting there, I'm watching, and I'm like... It's like, Winston, like I get that we're showing this family and everything, but to me, Winston Duke just does not know his family at all. Turns out he doesn't. But, like, he's, like, totally taking him on this trip, and I'm like, this is so funny. Like, this guy, like, has no idea, like, you know, no idea that it, anything about his family. Nobody wants to be there. Yeah, his husband, um, the husband was, had had some questionable uh, storylines. Yeah. And it's like, have you ever had a conversation with these people? Like, you know that they don't want to go fishing and they don't want to, you know, do all these things. But it's funny because he he seemed to be playing a version of Jordan Peele. Yeah, he you know? looks like him, too. Right. So, uh, um, and he was good. He was really good in it, but he winds up being the comedy relief. I mean, the, the whole movie obviously focuses around Lapita And, dude, she... She's like a lot better actress than I thought she was gonna be. Yeah, it must hurt. She's her. like awesome. It must hurt her voice doing my voice. <laughs> but she's like, I mean, you know, you think about it. She's done like three movies that, and, and never had to do anything outside of using her normal accent, and she killed it in this. Yeah, she was really good. Um. Because it's important that she sells this whole thing, and she and she really does. Um, and then uh, the second act, obviously, is when the family shows up. Um, and um, you know, I thought that was really good. That uh, the whole the, the introduction of the other family. Yeah. Um, and, and that I thought the second act was probably my favorite part of this whole movie. Like, that's, that, you know, that's everything up until we get down below the surface, right? And then below the surface, that gets to be, I don't know, like, do you, do you understand the meaning behind everything? How they were, yeah, yeah, I do. How, like, somebody created, uh, yeah, that they were basically, like, yeah, I understand. No, but it doesn't sound like it. But I also, what I mean is, like, what it represents, like, capitalism and all that stuff. Oh, no. no. Like, so that's the thing that, like, people are going to be talking about a ton. Because he's now, Jordan Peele's now pigeonholed himself into this, like, M. Night Shyamalan role where whatever he does, we're going to be lucky. We won't just look at it as, oh, that's a fun, scary movie. It's going to be, hey, that means this and that's a take on that. And so people are arguing over what it all means. And I don't think he's shying away from it. I think he's doing it on purpose. And I was trying to figure out the entire time, like, as I'm watching it, and this is what wound up happening in the M. Night Shyamalan movies, where you'd watch and you'd be like, what's the twist going to be? What's the twist going to be? And this, you're like, what's, what does this all mean? Like, I kept thinking, is this some kind of cultural appropriation thing? That's what, but it turns out, I think it's like the haves and the have-nots. And you start looking at the people um, who are under the tunnels, they're like come out in jail suits and, um, you know, that I think that all means something. I don't know exactly what. I think, you know, you're, 
you'll hear a couple different theories, but it's definitely meant to to have something to say. The red jumpsuits. Well, not just the red jumpsuits. I just mean the whole the whole thing. Like, like I've I've heard people say like what, just since because I didn't want to read any of this beforehand, but just the little bit I was like researching after people were saying that uh, it's like the haves and the have-nots in this world. It, it could be um, symbolism for the for the our jail system, um, capitalism. Um, you know, all these different kind of things. Mm. Um, so, uh, that's why that third act, it gets, you know, they were talking about this, it gets a little on the nose with him being like, I'm trying to teach you something right here, but I, I can't say that it does it because I don't know exactly what it is. Um, but the imagery is great with all the rabbits and everything. I mean, it's really cool. Yeah. Do you think the rabbits were... So I feel like the rabbits were like the test subjects uh, before they started doing the humans. Um, like they started on the rabbits and then they eventually like made the duplicate humans. So you think that they made duplicate humans or do you think that duplicate humans are just born into this world? And if so, who is the they? Uh, well, I don't know. They say, in, I mean, she says in the movie that they created there. They created the down there uh, in order to, uh, so that everybody, like everybody has like a doppelganger. Um, right. I don't know who that they is. I would, maybe that, will you see that in part two? I don't know. Um, but, uh. What do you think the representative of the rabbits were? Uh, I just thought they were... I mean, I think you're right about... Just the way that they were shown in the opening credits, they were like the test subjects. Um, but they said that that's what they ate the entire time, was rabbits. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that's, I forgot she said that. That all they ate was rabbits. So... It's gonna. This is gonna take some research. This is one of the things that annoys me about these kinds of movies. Is yeah, it's also like one of the movies that you can't really. Homework. You really have to like think about for a little bit. Um, and I like that we talk about it like right out of the box. But you know, there's gonna be like shit that when you're talking to other people or some. You know, you get like a when you think about everything that went on. Uh, you know, might have a different opinion. Uh, about stuff, yeah. But we'll see. I really think uh, um, I really think that second viewing is going to answer a lot of questions. Well, the last thing I wanted to bring, like my so my three favorite things about well, one was the camera work, two was Lupita and Diago, and three is the music. I thought the music was awesome. Yeah, the music was awesome. So and I, like, I love I, like I love that uh, they used the score at the end with the uh, I got five on it. I was just going to say that. So I always love that. I mean, I think, you know, growing up, we grew up, we always loved that song. And we, mm-hmm. that was a way to call shotgun. So I got fives on it. Um, but, um, they, uh, the fact that they took that, that one part of the, the, of the, yeah, the song that didn't, 
and they just made it into like a horror theme that they played throughout the whole third act. It was awesome. Yeah. It was so cool because it is. It's a very. Um, I actually put that. Just, that's that is the song that plays on our beginning of our podcast. Yeah. Like that. Very, that version. Oh, okay. It's a really sinister. Um, it's a really sinister, like, like, deep or whatever. Yeah. So, anyway. You love when I play uh, clips. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, have, I, haven't, made it, I haven't done a clip in a while. It probably plays cards better on the computer than on the phone. Well, you'll be able to hear it when you start this podcast, so. <laughs> So what do you come out on it overall? Uh, I thought it was really good. I, I would say, uh, as I said before, I want to see it again. Um, yeah, me too. But uh, I thought it was very interesting. It was uh, different. Um, I didn't think it was as scary as everyone was saying it was. No, it was that's, more, all right. So that's a great, I wanted to bring that it up. It was more cause... creepy than it was scary. Yeah. So same with like Get Out, right? Get Out wasn't scary. It was um, it was just uneasy, you know. And this is the same thing, which is way better for someone like me who's not a big horror movie person. I think it was scary when they first saw them in the driveway. But yeah. Th- but then, like, you immediately like see them. Like early on, you see all the whole family. So it, it kind of took away the. The scariness for me. Um, I think if they held off a little bit, I'd been a little scary. But I don't know. It was it was very well. Uh, it was creepy. It kept me on the edge of my seat for sure. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I'm. I'm with you. I'm. I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I thought it was uh, fantastic. Well, that was really good. And I also, you know, I wanted to say coming into it, I wasn't expecting to really like it because um, I'm kind of afraid that we're going to now, in our, like, I, I, I look forward to these, to these people that we keep hoisting up on platforms so quickly. I look forward to them failing and then re-succeeding because... It's okay if it's not the best. Just you know, yeah. like not you know, um, not every new young filmmaker has to make the best movie. But but so I was like, this is just gonna be another thing where everyone's like, oh, bravo to everything you do, Jordan. People, it's not. It was really good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well. Uh, yeah. I guess that's. Uh... That's what it's we're a wrap on that. We got through that stuff. Let's talk about how bad uh, Buffalo Wild Wings is. Uh, can we get to that real quick? Um, sure. Buffalo Wild Wings, I mean, it may be just Sherman Oaks, but I don't understand if you're, if you're a sports bar, why we can't get sound, why we're listening to club music in your sports bar. Your whole thing revolves around sports, and we gotta listen to friggin', uh, you know, uh, I don't even know what song they were playing before you got there, but it's all like club music, um, and uh, 
not the best service. No. I think, we, uh, but we also are like, there's all these people waiting for a table. I bet you the people that wait for a table and actually get a table, like, have better service than us just pulling up a chair. Yeah. Um, I'm not willing, I'm not willing to agree to that just yet. Um, I don't think anybody who works there has a very high IQ. I think that everybody, and then I also, I mean, it's just that whole Sherman Oaks Plaza. So like never a dull moment going to the movies over there. Right. So we, we go and we sit down and these two guys, older gentlemen sit behind us. They don't stop talking for an hour and 40 minutes. And in the last two minutes, 10 minutes, the one guy fell asleep. Sorry. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Why even go out? And then there's some guy a couple rows in front of us, and he's wasted. He kept getting up to get beers. And then when, when the movie ends, this girl starts yelling at him, like, Why are you wrong with you? You have to get drunk during a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, this place is just something. Um, I just got like a little bit of breaking news here. Adrian Wojnarowski says that if Luke Walton gets fired, Jason Kidd might be the next coach of the Lakers. Yeah, I heard that earlier. I like that. Uh, uh, you you would. I'm a, Jason Kidd. Jason, I think I don't think Jason Kidd. I don't know. I like Jason Kidd as a basketball player. I don't know if I like Jason Kidd as a coach. Jason Kidd is probably my second favorite basketball player. Really? Yep. Barkley, Jason Kidd. Over Steve Nash. Yep. Jason Kidd was my guy for a long time. Okay. I mean, I followed him when he was in Cal, when he was, like, there. Well, they're saying that if he doesn't go to the Lakers, he's, he's going to be the head coach at Cal. And that's probably a better spot for everybody. Hmm. All right, sounds good. All right, well, uh, we didn't get to do my... I got something planned for next week. Uh, Very exciting, whatever it is. I'm not sure you're going to like it, but uh, I was going to throw it out there and uh, surprise you with something. So, all right, well, uh, I guess it was a fun Sunday. We'll uh, touch base next week. Okay. All right, buddy. Thanks for taking the phone call instead of... uh the drive up at at 9:45 I appreciate that yeah no problem all right